Hello, everyone. Welcome to Word with Dave Clay. I generally, for the most part, like to think of myself as a compliant person. (laughs) But in so, so, so many ways, I'm really not. Ask my wife. (laughs) Ask some of my friends. Now, that doesn't mean that I am lawless. It doesn't mean that I am necessarily rebellious. I like rules. I try to follow rules. But if you give me a car (laughs) with driver assist, it is all out war. I don't like driver assist. Uh, when they first came out, we, we, over the course of my lifetime, but we, on taking vacations, often rent cars. If you're going to do a long haul, long drive, I want a car that's well-maintained, maybe even new, and certainly the wear and tear, <laughs> uh, driving long distances in your personal automobile. In my mind, I save myself a lot. Because I'm going to have to fix it. And the cost of it is probably comparable, if not cheaper. I don't want to be cheap, but less expensive than just going ahead and paying for a rental. But my first brush with driver assist was a nightmare. (laughs) I didn't know what was going on. Let's go down the road. I thought something's wrong with this car. It's a rental car. Uh, Not entirely familiar with it. For the most part, I'm a pretty good driver, though, and understand the operations of automobiles. And uh, this one was doing things that never had happened before. It was trying to <laughs> take me to the right. It was taking me to the left. And I set the speed control, cruise control, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden I'd realize there's a car in front of me, but I'd realize you know, that car is either slowing down or, excuse me, speeding up with me or I was slowing down or something like that and then come to realize my auto assist, my driver assist, was basically putting on the brake. Uh, I'd go to pass and put on the brake. If I try to maneuver the car, I'd hear this screechy sound, like a siren going off, uh, advising me either I was too close to the right, too close to the left, too close in the front. Or somebody was too close behind me. Now, I think driver assist is very helpful. But I could not for the life of me figure out at first what it was. And then secondly, how to turn it off. I've come to appreciate that driver assist can be incredibly helpful. But it's a balancing act. Because I like to control my own vehicle. Uh, I like to be able to go where I want to go when I want to go there. I like to put on the accelerator or press the accelerator when I need it. And put on the brake or press the brake pedal when I need it in my time, under my control, not the car doing it for me. And I fumbled around and we fought. Since then, I figured it out and now know where the off button is. Should I want to turn it off and should I be feeling a little bit not quite on my game entirely? Or in a situation where I think I could use this additional help, I can turn it back on. Psychology Today. January, February of 2023. How to connect with your values. 
Distinguish Your Goals from Values and Obtain Direction, Meaning, and Motivation by Stephen Hayes, Ph.D. Once, I asked a particular client about her deepest values. She paused for a long time before finally saying, that's the scariest thing I've ever been asked. She began to cry. I've not thought about that in a long, long time. Unfortunately, this is not uncommon. It's easy to get bogged down in daily chores and habits while losing sight of what matters most. Like a cog in a machine, we might function on the outside but are actually stuck inside, repeating the same old motions, unable to change or even see a different way of living. We might have mindlessly adopted the values and goals of our friends and family, never daring to explore our own out of fear that they might deviate from our cultural upbringing. Or we might have come to doubt our ability to pursue a different path because we're not smart enough, not confident enough, not good-looking enough, or simply not enough. There are many reasons why we lose touch, and they all lead to suffering. Because humans are not mindless machines following a program script, but rather breathing beings with the yearning for meaning and self-direction. Without purpose, life becomes empty and dull. Values are chosen qualities of being and doing, such as being a caring parent, being a dependable friend, being loving, loyal, honest, and courageous. They can be expressed with verbs and adverbs like teaching compassionately and giving gratefully. However, they are not goals. Goals are finite. They are achievements. And once you reach them, you are finished with them. Values, on the other hand, are enduring eternal guides to living. You cannot achieve a value. You can only manifest it by acting in accordance with it. Your values not only tell you where to focus your efforts and energies, but also provide you with a new source of motivation. The pain you've had to endure along your journey becomes much easier to bear when it's in the service of your goals and values. And acting in line with your heart's deepest desires brings a sense of fulfillment and vitality that no material wealth can match. How to connect with your values, distinguish your goals from values, and obtain direction, meaning, and motivation by Stephen C. Hayes, Ph.D., a Nevada Foundation professor at the Department of Psychology at the University of Nevada, and is the author of A Liberated Mind. January, February 2023, Psychology Today. I don't want to be driver assist. I want to be me assist. (laughs) I don't even know what that means, me assist. I want me to control. Now, you can say, okay, well, driving an automobile is the start of the podcast. For the most part, I'm pretty compliant. But it does sound like, or it does seem like, based on this article, that Steve Hayes' position is... We need to know what really is in our heart. It needs to lead us, guide us, direct us, and set, so to speak, the goals so that they're consistent with integrity, aligned with our values, rather than let the goals either stand alone 
or in absence of the appreciation, even of need for values, interdirected, me assist, we might just kind of end up just doing things. I don't know that it would ever be truly random, and certainly your heart would be attached to your identity, your personality, who you are, and I think it's pretty difficult unless you're psychotic, and then you're really in trouble. Uh, You need a lot of help. (laughs) But for most of us, we know who we are, and we know really, for the most part, what we're supposed to be and where we're headed in life, and then hopefully our goals line up. But everybody has a moment or time, (laughs) like when I got that first driver's car. Where you feel like it's not your life anymore. You feel like somebody else has taken it over. You feel like the circumstances of your life are dictating to you rather than you to the situation and circumstances. Who you are. What you want to accomplish. And where you want to go in your life. And what you want to do. And what matters most. And all of those important, I think most would consider. Highest order. Most significant of things. That should then direct us throughout the course of our life, no no pun intended, along the journey. But I do believe understanding the balance oftentimes between me assist and others assist, or me assist and in the example I gave, driver assist, or even as, again, Steve Hayes speaking to Knowing what's important to you, even should you have a lot of clarity on that, you're still going to contend with others around you. And it seems for me, anecdotally, over the course of the practice, my practice, that that seems to be as much the greater struggle, and insidiously so, (laughs) even in forming your identity. Your values, what's in your heart, what's important for you, uh, you have to pass through others. <laughs> uh, we used to call it internal or inner locus of control versus an external or outer locus of control, and locus just being location. Inner would be self-directed, outer would be other-directed. Most of us, before we even have a strong sense of self, or even before we have any sense of self, others are telling us what to do. It's just what happens when you're a child. You get a lot of direction. And you want to be compliant. You want to follow the rules for the most part. You don't want to be rebellious. You don't want to cause any trouble. Certainly, you don't want any bad consequences, uh, at least in an ideal sort of way. But when you do finally get a sense of self, and that's a psychological construct, it's universal for us all, it happens somewhere between childhood and adulthood, A lot of it is done during adolescence, and we all know how turbulent and troublesome adolescence can be in trying to figure out who we are and what we want to do with our life. But we find ourselves, hopefully. We discover ourselves. And with that, again, our values. And with that, then, more of an internal locus of control. Those two don't have to, again, be in opposition, but I do think they have to be balanced. Maybe there's a ratio dimension to it as well. But we begin others telling us what to do, and hopefully if we are able to accomplish the most important of milestones, and 
certainly identity being one of those, we learn to tell ourselves. And maybe in that sense, there's a bit of rebellion. I think adolescence, childhood can typically be or is typically characteristically identified as a period or time of rebellion. But that would only be to get you out of the way so I can figure out who I am. To remove all the outside telling me what I am and that way maybe I could focus on who I am inside. And yet that can't last. And that would be my point. Uh, Connecting with your values is sort of like maybe forming identity in the first place. That's where values comes from. Has to be. It's contingent upon a sense of self, formed identity, worth, value. But that, too, is based on what others have kind of given you as far as what your worth, what your meaning is, what meaning in life is, what you mean to them, what meaning in life is for you. And so it's very difficult to kind of figure out who you are coming out of that circumstance. But once you claim you, you still have to reconnect with others. The ratio is, well, more inner-directed than outer-directed, more self-directed than other-directed, more internal locus control than external. But it's a balancing act. It's a combination of self and others. It can't be one-sided to this or to that. And should you be in a circumstance or situation in your life, point in your life, where it does seem to be one-sided, then you have to at least give some sort of introspective, I guess, analysis, uh, look-see, glance, (laughs) at really who you are and how you fit in. Now, Now, we know, again, personality is enduring. Identity is enduring, and I think that's adaptive. If if you want to change it, it can be hard. But you've got to have a reference point to adjust to all the changes that are going on around you. And though your nuclear social network, uh, family, extended family, uh, inner circle, so to speak, of friends may be consistent over a lifetime, there's a lot of moving parts out there that come and go and some of them for a while and maybe they look like they're going to stay but they really aren't and what seems stable can change in a heartbeat people can come and go for all kinds of reasons they're in and out of your life and they may come again but knowing you and your value (laughs) as well as values is your reference point. It's not that personality can't be modified by others. It's not that personality is immutable because there's certainly different phases of life, again, different milestones, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, different challenges over the course of that life journey. Sometimes you're going to be quite capable at saying, no, this is what I want and not be so deterred or be so convicted that that's the right thing to do. You won't allow others so easily 
to deter or influence you. But then there's some situations though you may be quite right in the direction that you're choosing to take yourself uh, and your life and the people that happen to be attached to you in that inner circle sort of way. But there are situations, demands, factors that are way beyond your control. And you're forced to comply. And you probably have to. I don't know that I like to say even that. It's again like that first car that had driver's assist. I just wanted to fight with it. Just wanted to turn it off, but I couldn't. I was stuck with it the duration of the drive until I figured out where the switch was. And by the way, that's not always easy, especially if you're not that familiar with the car. Nonetheless, the hope would be you wouldn't stay in a situation or circumstance like that where you have no say. And the hope would be that autonomy, independence, agency would always be personal, individual, would always be of highest order and highest value. (laughs) And of values. Because... Even as the article points out, no one really wants to be told what to do. I I think we all want help and guidance and instruction, but psychological counseling is the same way. Nobody comes to see me wanting me to tell them what to do. Or if they do, I recognize that's probably not a good place for me or them or what I understand the psychological counseling or the relationship as defined within the construct of psychological counseling, that's not the way it's supposed to be. I'm there to (laughs) do the driver assist thing. Maybe I have to if there's a car stopped ahead of you, slamming the brakes, and I need to (laughs) then tell you, watch, that screeching sound I mentioned earlier. Or even so, with driver assist on an automobile, put the brake on. Uh, very few occasions does it come to that. Mostly harm to self or others would dictate me stepping in and saying, you can't do that. Uh, if it's illegal uh, and under certain circumstances, even then I might have to step in and say, no, you can't do that. Or I'm going to have to tell somebody that you're doing this so that it doesn't continue and all of that. But for the most part, if you stay fairly within the law and the rules and you're not intentioned to harm yourself or others and we're still living in a society or culture that gives you permission to exercise your desire to be self-directed, allows you to operate within your autonomy, independence, and agency, then I'm going to be there to coach, to assist to support, to facilitate as much or as little as you want. And at some point, you're always welcome to turn me off. You don't have to come back. And I kind of see that as success, especially if you've taken over the wheel. If you're the one that at that point is making those decisions and feels quite confident and competent and capable, good self-esteem, feeling like you can do it, Having your self-worth, your identity, as well as your goals, as well as your values, line up in such a way that you've been successful. And should you then encounter a challenge, you've learned how to 
calibrate that, adjust that. What you want with what others want. What others want with what you want. How to do that without all in all, all, in all out war <laughs> with yourself or others or even driver assist. It isn't impossible. It seems like that sometimes. But we do continue to live in a society and culture that seems to, for the most part, hold that out as one of the highest orders of not only value, aspiration, but virtue and character. That's what defines us. We want people, when possible, to make decisions for themselves. But we don't want people to kill each other. But it's possible to do both. You just have to approach it in the right way. And I know it sounds harsh when I use kind of that example or use that as, the, as a reference for the point, kill yourself. But really, in the end, you may not literally harm yourself or others, but if you're antagonistic or aggressive or you're not affording others even basic rights to, well, when it's well within their, I guess, permission, it's given into them, well within their prerogative, well within the law, within the rules, social as well as otherwise more corporal, uh, to make decisions, then we should let them do that. And we should live peaceably. We'll see how it turns out. We'll keep our eye on it. and We won't be looking for trouble, but we'll learn from it. But I do think that when we see it that way, not only our role in regards to others, but as we would want that to be manifest in, in more cultural societal sort of terms, that's where the balance comes in. It should always lead toward more individuality, uh, but always equally so, always with a concern for others. But when it gets too much one way or the other, or if we never, and unfortunately at times it seems like culturally we're acting like adolescents. We're immature, or we're really not maybe where we need to be in terms of our maturity on a particular issue or concern, or maybe certain individuals are sort of leading the charge on these issues and concerns societal. Maybe it's not even as broad as society. Maybe it's just within your own home. People can regress a bit. They can become somewhat immature. And I think some of that's normal too. When you're challenged, you do tend to go back to the last thing you're really confident of. And maybe even have to go back and remember how you got to where you are and your opinions, your positions on things, and some of that's a bit regressive. Well, let me go back and remember, you know, this is how it was, this is what I did, this is how I came to this realization, this is why I believe in such things. That's okay too. But we just have to recognize in that adjusting, that calibrating, either internally or with others, to achieve that balance or maintain that balance, we have to just be careful not to become so threatened that we're overreactive. That should be a value we all share. 
<laughs> that should come from your heart. And I do believe it does. We're social creatures. <laughs> We're not as good as some animals, even at the love part, but we've got that in us if we can just get to the place where we can turn off all that fight or flight, that emotional thinking when we're threatened, when somebody comes along and does it differently, and maybe so, we're even at times put in a position where we vehemently, strongly, passionately disagree. It's not going to kill you. It's not intended to kill you. I'm hoping it's not. That's, again, a value. We need to live in a society that allows discourse and even disputation without raising arms to harm one another. But that's usually where, with psychological counseling and any of the sociological aspects of it, because there is overlap. That's when we get into these awful domestic violence situations, abuse situations, um, and PTSD, trauma situations, and destroying people's identities and personalities and Control and dominance, that's what abuse is. That's what really is one of those, if not the hallmark of hallmarks of domestic violence. It's all about control and aggression. And generally speaking, if you can't get it done emotionally, most likely it's going to then turn to the physical. That's sick. <laughs> but good news. We don't, I don't believe we hold that as value right now in our society and most of us recognize how sick that is and you don't have to have lived it to recognize how sick that is you can just look at that or you can hear me say that and hopefully it'll stir you up a bit in your heart and say no we don't want to do that but if we live by that value that we don't want to control we don't want to dominate we don't want to resort to abuse we don't want to force people make people do things that are unnecessary just for the sake of our controlling them or dominating them. It's Machiavellian. <laughs> um, I think we'll all be better off. <laughs> I had to pause there for a minute, just to a moment, just to think. Yes, we'd all be better off. And that's why we still strive for accomplishment of that milestone psychologically of autonomy, independence, agency. But if we don't recognize that, if we are regressive, but maybe forget to move forward, or maybe our culture, society becomes such that we don't value that in a way that we encourage others to be that way, it seems like we're moving in the direction or the wrong direction pathology more sick. I think the article captures that very well. Uh, and I appreciate the article. But I did want to, for the sake of the podcast today, remind everybody's got a heart and everybody's got values and that's how we should lead. But the second part of that is you have to learn how to coexist and live with one another. Uh, I sometimes, I don't have a car driver's assistant, it shouldn't surprise you. I'm probably not going to buy one. I may be, may be imposed upon me because the day may come where somebody says, all automobiles have to have driver's assistant. 
But until that day comes, I'm probably not going to buy one. But if I'm renting one, there are times that I turn it on. And I am very thankful. But for the most part, I still like to make my own decisions. It makes the journey at least a bit more fun for me. I like to drive. (laughs) It's fun. I like rental cars rather than my own car because it alleviates some of the additional stress that goes along with that, as I've explained at the beginning of the podcast. But I want you to drive, be the driver of your life. I want you, the ratio to be more you than me or those around you. But I want it to be done within concert of those around you. And that is really, I think, once again, the hallmark of the highest level of functioning, not only individually, but as a culture, as a society, as a family, and the culture that represents as extended family, again, community. Should you come see me, for whatever reason, that's what I'm going to promote. And why would it then be at all surprising? (laughs) That's what I'm trying to promote today on the podcast. And will continue to lead. I'm true to my heart here on this matter. My personal convictions, I will continue to do on every podcast. Because I do want you to be the best you can be. I want you to have, remember, not only good health, quantity-wise, but quality-wise, the best of psychological, emotional, even spiritual well-being. So, what are you listening to? You're listening to Word with Dave Clay. And I would like to, with that thought in mind, or those thoughts in mind, kind of, again... Bring us to a close today by saying, I pretty much agree with Stephen C. Hayes, PhD. How to connect with your values, distinguish your goals from values, and obtain direction, meaning, and motivation. Psychology Today, January, February 2023. So until our next appointed time on the podcast, I do want to wish you good health and good mental health.